One recent evening, I was driving home, and it was quite dark. It was still the early, early evening. And as I rounded a corner, I saw an entire street of houses lit up with Christmas lights. And I said out loud to myself, oh, and smiled. Part of my childhood, outdoor Christmas lights were a really big deal. The family would go on a drive, usually looking for Candy Cane Lane. That lane was the houses that had all dressed up with beautiful outdoor lights. And in this place and in this season, outdoor Christmas lights are like stars on Earth. Their bright colors stand out against the velvet black darkness. It's dazzling. And there's something about that contrast between the bright colored lights and the darkness all around that is cheerful, hopeful. On one of the first really cold nights this winter, I pulled a heavy wool blanket around me and felt the comfort of its warmth. Ah, I sighed. The warmth was not only protection against the cold, it was comforting and it was calming. Some people like not only the warmth of a heavy blanket, they like the weight, too. There's something about the warmth and the weight of being wrapped in a blanket on a cold night that anchors us in place and in time. The ooh and the ah of the anticipation around Christmas can be joyful as we await that day. It can also find us building almost an outsized expectation for that one day. After all the traditions have been observed and the 25th begins to fade into the 26th, feelings of sadness or even depression are not uncommon. That is, unless we understand what it means that God came to live as one of us, to suffer in a very human way, to abide with us as one of us. To understand this truth and to give thanks for it is at the heart of Christian believing. Now I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm guessing that many of you here this evening are here because you know this is not only a good place to be on Christmas Eve, it's the right place to be. Now don't worry, I'm not gonna say right as in judgment or self-righteousness. I mean right as in the right thing for you to do, even if you don't completely understand why it feels right. You are here because it is good and right to be together to be with a community that wants to take time to pray and sing and reflect on something bigger than ourselves. You are here because you know or you sense that God is often revealed in and through what we all have in common, our human capacity to love more than ourselves. I'm glad you're here tonight, and not because you've added to my captive audience. I'm glad you're here tonight 
because you've come here to share the time and the space to be together in our commonness in a profoundly uncommon time. And I'm glad because I want you to know why it matters that in the midst of your disappointments, loneliness, suffering, worries, grief, God can come among us to walk with us in all of our humanness. And God came into the world just like you and I did, as a tiny, vulnerable infant entirely dependent on others to live. Tonight, we retell the story to remind ourselves that in Jesus, God knows exactly what we are going through, which is to say, we are never alone, never. To know this is to be filled with gratitude. To know this is to embark on the journey into Christ. One of the most transformative practices of our faith is the practice of gratitude. Now, I'm not talking here about saying thank you more often, although that's not a bad idea, and I'm not talking about shaming, as in, you should be more grateful. I'm describing a way of being, a way of being in the Christian life in which we turn more and more toward a cosmic awareness of graciousness, spaciousness, and constancy, which is to say, a growing awareness that in and with God, we are always safe. In our deepest grief, in our most paralyzing fears, God is relentless in remaining present with us. When we experience the vastness so intimately, our only response can be gratitude. The other reason that I'm glad that you are here tonight is to tell you something that might surprise you, but in a good way, about what it means to live day to day filled with gratitude for God's holy and human presence. It means that this God-inspired gratitude is deeply and profoundly subversive. Gratitude to and for God is deeply and profoundly subversive. This is so because gratitude that God is centered in our lives, that we live a life centered on God, is not a lifestyle choice. It's not an attitude adjustment, and it's not a performance. This gratitude comes from knowing that our very being is gift. This knowing that we are all, and that all we have is gift, transforms how we are in the world and how we are with others. It is subversive because it removes the fantasy that we are in control that our purpose is to make ourselves safe and happy. Gratitude reorients us to see that all that is good in our lives is gift. But even more, gratitude subverts the grip of despair and pride over our lives. When we awaken to God's nearness to us, 
When we understand that all that is good is God and all that is not good has no power over us, this is when gratitude becomes a subversive way of being in a broken world. I recently read a reflection on gratitude by Walter Brueggemann. He tells the story behind the hymn that we know as Now Think We All Are God. A pastor named Martin Rinkert wrote the poem for his children during the Thirty Years' War and after his wife had died of the pestilence. His words reflect gratitude that is deeply subversive because he knows beyond all the suffering and loss and in his very being that we are already recipients of God's goodness, even in the grip of a virus we cannot control. God has given us a gift worthy of our best oohs and ahs. That gift is the Christ child, the one who will change the world by teaching us the power and the subversiveness of gratitude. In the depths of a dark world, gratitude shines brightly. In the coldest hour, gratitude wraps around us and calms us. Here are the familiar words of Rinkert's poem. See if you don't also hear the power of gratitude subverting human despair. Now thank we all our God with hearts and hands and voices who wondrous things hath done in whom this world rejoices, who from our mother's arms hath blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. Oh, may this bounteous God through all our life be near us with ever joyful hearts and blessed peace to cheer us and keep us in his grace and guide us when perplexed and free us from all ills in this world and the next. All praise and thanks to God the Father now be given, the Son and him who reigns with him in highest heaven, eternal triune God, whom earth and heaven adore. For thus it was, is now, and shall be evermore. I am filled with gratitude at being here to wish you a Merry Christmas.